Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. We're going to record episode number 121. We're here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio. Again, we're going to do a archived segment, one that uh, was very popular in the past. Hopefully you'll enjoy that as we wrap up the holiday season and uh, head back into the 2022 year. Before we get into that topic, let's talk about our sponsors. First, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is very proud to have Anderson Bat Company as our presenting sponsor. Anderson Bat Company is using the latest and greatest bat technology to corner the market in the fast pitch world. They have the minus 9 rocket tech, the minus 10 carbon, and the minus 11 carbon light. Anderson Bat Company is using this technology to put a high-performing bat in the hands of hitters that really know the difference between a good bat and a great bat. We're also working with Anderson to provide a discount for all of our listeners. Go to the Anderson Bat Company website and order your bats. Use the EFP20 discount, which is for everything fast pitch, and you'll get a 20% discount. It's a great way for you to save a little bit of money on a great bat and also help support everything fast pitch at the same time. And again, patreon.com slash everything fast pitch. If you're in a position where you can help support us, Coach Don and I really do appreciate the help. It's a great way for you to make sure that we keep everything fast pitch and coach prep moving forward. Uh, we've got a great group of patrons that have been awesome, uh, but we would love to add some more people to that list, uh, especially here as we head into 2022. There's some more things on the horizon that we would like to be able to add and to continue to upgrade. And unfortunately, all those things cost money. And if uh, you can help support us, love to see that progress made as we head into the new year. So Don, we were talking about, is it okay as a coach to tap out? Are there times when you're just fighting a fight that you can't win? and Uh, You kind of talked me in off the ledge. I was thinking about jumping there for a minute. So this past week, I've had a lot of time to kind of reflect on that. And I think the discussion that we had was interesting and kind of eye-opening. And I'm sure that it's something that our coaching friends, people that listen to Coach Prep, go through because you're out there and it feels like you're working your butt off. You're doing everything you can and it's just not clicking. It's just not, (laughs) they're they're not getting it. No matter how hard you try to teach it, they're just not learning it. It's this... uh, very frustrating conundrum where it leaves you kind of doubting yourself and your abilities as a coach because it seems like no matter how hard you try, the players just are not connecting with what you're saying. They're just staring at you, looking at you, and like, and it's like, what was that you yeah. just said? Is that, was that English you just spoke to me, coach? But yeah, so that's the uh, background, battle with my confidence after a bad practice. And so what I wanted to think about and talk about today was uh, the realization that I came to that some of that doubt and some of that frustration comes from what I would say are unreasonable expectations. And I think that we have to talk about what's a reasonable level of expectation and really what's unreasonable for us as coaches. And kind of give some background, you know, for our listeners, you know that Coach Don and I spent the majority of our coaching careers coaching at the college level. Right. And because we're coaching at the college level, we had many benefits. We got to see the players all the time. We had, uh, you know, the opportunity and certain times of the year to be practicing five or six days a week, two or three or four hours a day. And we had a lot of time to work on things. And we were also with really pretty much high-end players, right? Right. The challenge that I've come to grips with, and I think this is what really led to my battle of uh, self-confidence last week, is I'm judging the players that I'm working with now and the progress that we're making from the perspective of all those years of college coaching where I had sure. 20 hours a week to work on something instead of two or three hours a week. A weekend, And yeah. having you know the opportunity to work with kids all the time and teaching them the same skills and the same strategies and the same plays that now we're trying to condense down into 15 minutes on one thing and then 30 minutes on another and then 15 minutes on something else. 
how unreasonable it was for me to be that frustrated by the fact that something that I would have spent hours working on with players in the past was frustrating me that we couldn't get it in 30 minutes. Sure. No, and that makes sense. And I mean, again, you just want to continue to share and give more and do more and spread it out over a bunch of different things too. So um, that totally makes sense. To right. Me. But good. so for, from a coaching sanity perspective, we need to make sure that we're starting to think about what's reasonable and what's unreasonable and making sure that our perspective and how we're judging what we're doing and what our team is capable of doing is based on a little bit more reasonable level. I wanted us to jump into that idea today because number one, I've gotten kind of past that uh, suicidal uh, state <laughs> I was in because the more I have thought about it is it, it's something that I'm going to continue to work on. All the things that uh, we're struggling with are things that we're going to continue to try to improve upon, but I'm not going to lose my mind if we don't get some of this stuff right away or right, as yeah. quickly as, as I want us to. Because once it dawned on me that some of what I'm asking them to do is really foreign to them, it really is uh, you know, a changing of, of habits and a changing of, uh, of what they're used to, it just wasn't logical for me to think that it was going to happen in a couple of practices. And I think a lot of the anticipative uh, pieces of it are more acquired than necessarily just uh, talked about and received so quickly, right? Right. Maybe. So they need more opportunity, right. maybe, and, to and, and I think we just, get it. Yeah, we all just need to kind of take a, a step back and, and take a deep breath and go, okay, so we made progress. At least they now have an idea of what, what we're, looking we're trying for. to do, even though yeah. we're not good at it yet. Yeah. And then if we work on it again, hopefully we'll get a little bit better at it. But if my judgment is going to be, if we're not really good at it after one more practice, I'm going to be back on the ledge, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so the fact that I was so frustrated isn't their fault, it's my fault, or it's my, you know, it's not their perspective, it's my perspective that needed to be adjusted a little bit. And I think that it's a trap that all of us fall into as coaches. The other thing I wanted us to talk about when we talk about reasonable and unreasonable is helping players start to have a better understanding of what's reasonable for them to expect. I guess what's reasonable for them to think that they can accomplish or can do on the softball field. One of the things that uh, I was frustrated with last week was our outfielders struggling with and not being able to see that there's a time and a place for different types of decisions to be made. There's times when we should be throwing an out, a runner out at the plate. There's times when we have to recognize that we can't throw that same runner out at the plate. And the more I thought about it, I think one of the challenges is that for many of our players, they really are not aware of what they can reasonably expect to do. For some of them, you know, they feel the ground ball in deep center field, and they see that runner who's trying to score from second, and that runner is 20 feet from home plate. They've got the ball 150 feet from home plate in their minds. They don't understand that unless they can throw the ball like 300 miles an hour, it's not happening. They can't throw that runner out. So when we talk about what's reasonable for them, is helping them to start to see the game that way and to understand that that they have to be aware of what their abilities are, what their limitations are, and to make sure that we're kind of framing what we're asking them to do from that basis. And I think that was one of the things that, again, is, is adding to a layer of everybody's uh, frustration, because if I'm an outfielder and I really think I can throw everybody out no matter where they're at, I'm going to think my coach is crazy for telling me, well, why did you throw it home? You had no play. Of course I should, because I can get them, right? Right. And, yeah. and, and if I haven't trained enough, if I haven't worked on it enough, if I haven't been experienced with it enough to know to the realize. difference, to realize, to be reasonable, yeah. I'm going to be unreasonable. And somebody said go four, so I'm going four. I'm throwing it home no matter what because somebody said throw it home. But in my mind's eye, I should have been able to look and see that the runner's shaking hands with the on-deck hitter. 
They're high five. Yeah, you know, they're they're in the dugout, you know, celebrating the run that they scored. Chances are the throw home is not the reasonable play anymore. Right. From a coaching perspective, I think we need to start doing some very literal things with our players to help them start to see some of these things. And uh, you know, one of the things that uh, I think is is very important is trying to give them a way to have a little bit of a space time understanding. So maybe we need to invest in some cones. Maybe we need to invest in something that we can lay out on the field. So let's say we mark the halfway point between home and third. And the we start to, mark. right. And, yeah. and so that, you know, as our fielders are fielding, as that outfielder's coming up with that ball, she has a perspective on how far away the runner really is. You know, maybe we do the same thing if we've got a potential pickoff play at third base, let's say, so that the catcher, when she peeks out of the corner of her eye and she sees that the base runner is three feet from third base or the runner is 23 feet from third base are two different things that give her different options and different perspectives. And I, like, I, think, I like the idea of the cones there too, Tori, when we're at level one, level two, level three. When she right. gets to level three, that's time to fire. Right. And yeah. to start to use some of those kinds of tools, because I think that the... Optical. Right. And, and again, where our unreasonable expectations come from, from a coaching perspective, I've been around it long enough that I know my outfielder cannot throw the ball 300 miles an hour. And so I get frustrated or angry or disappointed when she thinks she can. Now, she knows she's really not throwing it that fast, but she thinks that her 60-mile-an-hour throw or 70-mile-an-hour throw can still accomplish the same thing. So if we can start to have some tools and some ways to help them see where that runner really is, kind of the time that it takes for the ball to get from point A to point B, those kinds of things, that it helps us maybe get everybody on the same page a little bit faster. And I think that, that that's one of the things that came out of my moment of doubt last week is thinking that that's some of the stuff that we really need to do a better job of as coaches is giving the kids the experience with what that perception is and what the reality is of what they can really accomplish. So I'm seeing multiple uh, learning opportunities here on everything fast pitch. We talked about base running and um, just like you're saying, if we've got uh, half of our team starting at second base and working on rounding third to go home, it's a nice easy opportunity for our outfielders to get a gauge on um, where they do have a chance to still make a play, and when we need to, you know, keep the batter off a second, right? You know, yeah. And I think that that's you know a, a perfect example. And so, um, so let's say you know normally what we do is we have our outfielders. We're we're going to change that because we we're saying make our outfielders run, but now we're going to let our outfielders run when we're doing infield stuff, right? So now we got to let our infielders run and work on their base running when we're working on some of the outfield stuff. Nice. So. Obviously, you're still going to have some infielders in their positions because the outfielders never make throws where there's no one else on the field. You might have um, to have a couple assistant coaches makeshifting. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, but so then maybe we set some cones up so that you've got an orange cone, a red cone, and a, or a green cone, a yellow cone, and a red cone. And so that we put those distances out and say, okay, if she's at the red cone or beyond, red means stop, so I'm not throwing her out. Yellow cone means, hey, if I'm coming up and I'm not too deep and I feel good about making this throw, that's the range that I can make a throw. And the green means if she's going and she's still at the green cone, I'm going home because I know for sure I'm going to throw her out. Those kinds of tools to give those outfielders that perspective. And then we can have the base runners running, trying to score from second on that base hit. Then they're working on the base running aspect of it. They're working on cutting the corners, getting good angles, all that stuff. But then the outfielders get a chance to be reasonable and knowledgeable about, okay, wait a second. I used to think I could throw it fast enough to get her from the red cone, but now I can see that that's not realistic. 
And if we do those kinds of things enough, then we'll start to pick up on where the, the plays cut, need the to be made lines. and, and, and yeah. what the choices need to be as we're making those kinds of decisions. And arms get stronger, runners get faster. And, right. You know, and, and increasing that, that softball IQ that we talk about all the time, If especially if we're using our teammates because we know them. If I'm the next outfielder in line to try to throw this runner out at the plate and I look out there and it's Tori who's the slowest person on the team, well, then I've got a different understanding of what my possibilities might be. So I'm going to get you, Tori. Right. Yeah. Or, or if it's you and it's the fastest person on the team, yeah. then, okay, so that gives me, again, a different kind of challenge. And so it just educates them on what's reasonable for them to expect. And I think some of those kinds of things are, are important. So I think for us as coaches, we need to make sure that we're working on these things. Because I think where a lot of our frustration as coaches comes in is things that we think are obvious that the players don't. I find that the longer we coach too, Tori, that uh, we get caught up in that, that idea that we've covered this, we've done this, right. and I can breeze over it and everybody's got it. Right. But it's not, not necessarily so. Yeah. And yeah. even if half the team you know, had been a part of a big thing that we did covering something, a couple of kids missed it. You yeah. know? So I now, get, even last week, it could have yeah. been something we did that we covered like crazy, and all of a sudden, two kids that were at the, taking the ACT or whatever yeah. last Saturday and missed practice, all of a sudden, they're out there like, well, what do you mean I can't throw it 200 miles an hour? So I constantly have to catch myself right. yeah, on that. But I think that it's important because from a coaching perspective, if we don't want to drive ourselves crazy, if we don't want to spend our time really being frustrated and, and suicidal and angry and, and disappointed and all those other negative feelings, we got to start to frame it from a different perspective. We need to be reasonable for what's, what, what we can expect from the players for the amount of time and effort and energy that we can put into each team and each topic. Yeah. And then we need to be reasonable in helping our players understand what they can and cannot do so that instead of being frustrated every single time that outfielder throws the ball home when there is no play, we have to set it up so that it becomes more obvious to her, more clear-cut to her what is reasonable and what is unreasonable in her expectation of what she can do. And then I think that closes the gap on what we want to see happening and what's really capable of happening. No, I think that's a great plan, Tori, and I think the visual piece is huge. Yeah. You know, when they get to see it and do it and the cones and could be buckets, whatever you got. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, coaches, when you're at your darkest hour, when you're about ready to say, the heck with this, I'm going home, if you suck it up, finish it out, and kind of think back through, I think you're going to have kind of the same realization that I had this past week, is that there's a lot of things that contribute to us being frustrated as coaches, and some of it's our own dumbness it's our own stupidity it's our own foolishness but also it's uh, just a basic lack of communication and understanding about what's really expectable and what's really doable for our kids and so if we start to reframe some of those things and re and re-examine it i think we're going to do a bunch better job and i think tori you kind of touched on something earlier too about uh effort what kind of effort the kids are putting forth both mentally and physically and Last week, you talked about asking the kids to grade their performance, right. uh, whether it's swing to swing or for a whole set, you know, whatever it might be. But at the end of these workouts, too, if we're you know, making the kids be accountable to uh, grade their effort, it's like, what kind of effort did you put forth today? Was it a 100% day or did you slack? And if they have to verbalize it and go, well, you know, I probably was only about 80% today. Right. Because they know you're watching, too, and they know if you had a good day or not. And right. I think that's kind of a nice way to encourage them to give 100% because lazy is going to produce lazy. 
That's what we're going to get in, in game time, too. Right. And, so. and, and ultimately, the bill gets paid. Yeah. So we want to make sure we're thinking Gotta about it bring that way. It. So next week, we'll be back to our normal routine. We'll be bringing you new content. But we hope that you enjoyed the uh, opportunity to listen to some oldies as we uh, went through the holiday season. So make sure that you support our sponsors, Anderson Bad Company, Patreon.com, and go to the FastPitchPrep.com website. If you're interested in ordering your Square Cuts training discs, you can go to the FastPitchPrep.com website and order them there. So for Coach Don McKinley, our producer Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tory saying thanks for listening to number 121. We'll talk to you again in 2022.